Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in Drizzly Overcast, but not too cold, Santa Cruz, California. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, got a small group in the garage, and it's mostly Cat's fault. Yep. Yep. But in the garage tonight, you have, this is Liza, and next to me, I got Zach. I'm the mix master. Yes, you are. <laughs> Then we got Bagel. I can't see, goddammit. My eyes are all screwy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Douglas. How's it, brother? And we got Heiko. Hey there. And next to Heiko, we got Mark. Hello. And then sitting all alone over in the corner is Isaac. Hey. That one. Come on, do better than that. Okay, shout out to Vermont. Hey, oh thank you all for joining us tonight. It's good to have some some fresh meat around here. Fresh meat. So, uh, well, we might as well just get right to why why it's all Cat's fault, should we? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Well, she she's not there yet. Oh no, she'll she'll be calling in. Okay. Later. Yeah. Um, we had we were having fun today. It was it was that perfect kind of slightly wet, slight little rainy day, but. Uh, not too rainy to keep you from going out there to do stupid stuff. So mm-hmm. we went on down uh, to the parking lot and did some chariot races. And as usual, we made uh, Charlie and Cat the monkeys well because they fit the suits. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly, yeah. yes, they and did. Because they've never said no. And I don't think they know. They because can. they're willing. <laughs> I, yeah. I know. She was talking about doing it next week, like five minutes ago. So Charlie tried real hard mm-hmm. to pass it off on me. <laughs> well, I, I ended up taking it. Yeah, I was like, I need a monkey, but we'll get to that. Well, I, I was wearing all my gear, and I was like ready to go. <laughs> I was ready to get out of there. I was like, like wait, I see up. a helmet, gloves, jacket, <laughs> get on. But jeans. <laughs> so we started the race, and Liza and I were, were riding. Uh, Charlie was Liza's monkey, and Cat was my monkey, because um, we make a great team, actually. You stole uh, my monkey again. No, yeah, she's my <laughs> monkey. Um, and so the race was going well. Uh, until the the third lap uh, out of four and on the second to last corner um, I think both monkeys dumped right yeah. on, was it on the reflector or on that patch of uh, uh, fix it asphalt uh, you, mean, well, you mean when I was on there no oh I technically I won the first race and no. then yes. this is what happened Liza no 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 <laughs> okay they both dumped on the third lap yeah you guys went around and stopped uh, during the fourth lap, which was the last lap. Mm-mm, yes. I completed. No. Mm-hmm. You completed the third lap, stopped on the fourth lap, which was a four-lap race. No, no, no. Yes. I did an extra lap to make sure. It that, was extra the last lap. lap that you did was the extra no, the extra lap. No. Yeah, you did, a, you did a total of five laps. I got it all on video. We can go back and look later. But anyway. Uh, yeah, of course you run the, you run the race. But we, then we, we raced, kept going. You were on the, yeah, you were on the fourth <laughs> lap. We were on the third lap still. So you won the race just because that was the last lap you won because you had a yeah, lap yeah. ahead of us. And then we did an extra lap. So we did a total of four. You did a total of... No, you did a total of six. We did a total of uh, five. Be, well, the race was going so good. Even though I won the race, we just kept going because we're having fun. And Doug and I were really kind of like pretty neck and neck. And at one point, I was enjoying because... 
I think uh, I had the inside and you had the outside, and we were just keeping just neck and neck, just neck and neck going yeah, it was, around. Yeah, it was good. It was close. And at that point, it was just, let's just keep going until something happens. Yeah, so the, something happened. the, the monkeys dumped, <laughs> and then Cat got caught up in the in the tow rope or the tow strap and um, somehow managed to wrench her, her left knee behind her body while the other knee was getting dragged by the tow rope and twisted Gosh. it and wrenched it. And uh, so she's, she's out for the count. Um, so I've got an empty chariot back there. Zach runs up to help Cat, and I'm like, get on. Well, I get on the chariot. Because <laughs> every, everyone else. got a race to finish here. Well, everyone else had taken off helmet and gloves and everything to, like, hang out. And, like, I was, I was like, you know, renegade flat track, like, ready to, like, helmet gloves, ready to get the fuck on my bike and take off when the cops show up. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, so I hop on the back. That was fun. And uh, during that last lap, I could I, during the straightaway, I could feel the front end of that scooter lifting up. And I was, like, <laughs> getting all fishtaily because the extra weight yep. it was it was quite a difference um yeah i was it, and i was like I, I when i think back on it i should have just goosed it more and just wheelied out that last lap <laughs> probably <laughs> now, i was getting sideways on that pretty good but i hit yeah and that last one i i think we both monkeys dumped again because mm-hmm. I, I think one of them hit a reflector and i think <laughs> i hit the manhole cover what we need to do next time is use that entire parking lot we were yeah. using half of it this time and so to make the corners a lot wider uh, where you can get more speed, we need to use the entire. Yeah, make it I, more uh, circle shaped instead of oval. Yeah. I enjoyed how your girlfriend was on the ground, writhing in pain, <laughs> and when somebody came to her aid, you just yelled at him to like, get, get on, on the crate. Get on, let's go, let's go, go. No, I, I did, I did eat shit in jeans though, and I kind of wish I did have some kind of padding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I have actually squeezed into one of those tracksuits. So I, I think you have a good chance. Oh no! I, one of those suits does fit me well. Yeah, yeah I've seen you in it yeah. before. Yeah, I've worn I've worn That's it right. for entire Sundays before because it was, <laughs> it was warm, cold. Yeah. It was warm and windproof. So that was so. Yeah, she's on her way to the ER right now with uh, John Dalton and and uh, Jake and uh, Charlie. Yeah, good sports. Thanks for taking her. Um, and so she's she's gonna keep us in touch with uh, what's going on. And. Uh, yeah, so she, yeah, she'll be calling in, and we'll see how she's doing. But I was just thinking you should rejigger the chariots <gasps> so that you can uh, extend them, and then you could just pre-splint everybody. Yeah, right. So they start being splints just, going around. Just strap and then, them right into that thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, so it's, it sounds like all fun and games, but you can really get fucking hurt on those yeah. things. You know, yeah. you know what I think? We need we need better chariot boots. We gotta get like boots. steel plate and do like and some flat, designated flat track boots. boots. Yeah, yeah. Or just, or just a steel plate you can strap on and adjust. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good race. I always enjoy racing. And then this. when all this was ending, we hear the fucking sirens going up, the police <laughs> sirens, and we're like, "Boogie, get it, the fuck no! out of here!" It was an ambulance. <laughs> yeah, ba- and, yeah, Bagel's like, "It's it's an ambulance. It's an ambulance, you guys." And like, you know, I'm the fucking halfway down is, the road already. Like, no, I'm not doing this <laughs> across the street from the the cop station. Sure, it's, downtown it's, Santa Cruz. It's a public parking lot. <laughs> well, you know what? What would they cite us for? But I get, don't even know what they would cite us for. Reckless endangerment. Yeah. <laughs> you get past by like stopping and taking video with their cameras and shit. Yeah, and they were like, down. Yeah, they were, they were totally into it. We were, were actually forming a crowd yeah. this there, time. There was some old dude walking his dogs, and I, I, I thought, thought of him giving us the stink eye. No, he was, and then I saw him like smiling and being like, yeah, the guy, this is rad. The guy on the bicycle was a park park uh, county park worker. Or oh, that's great. Like that. That's he great. Was, he was all into it. That's awesome. Nice. And shit. 
So, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and I like, Doug, I saw out of the corner of my eye you were coming up on the inside. Oh, that was, I was gunning for it, man. I was and and so it. I just cut across and threw my monkey in your path. <laughs> <laughs> I I had the GoPro on the whole time, so I'll, I'll give I'll give that that footage to Mike and he'll make a video. So. Oh, yes, And Bigley, will. you got footage too, so. Yep. Yeah, this will be up in probably a week or so. Yeah, Heiko, have you seen something like that before? No, not like that. We invented it. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we predict it's going to be pretty big. Uh, it's okay. pat- patented. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we just got to talk to the AMA and, you know, see if we can get it sanctioned. <laughs> patented as far as Is that the concerned. American Medical Association? Medical <laughs> <laughs> Association, Motorcycle Association. Uh, you, you get them both involved. American Monkey Association. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> yes. So we did something else yesterday. Douglas, yes, I'm, I'm quite proud of you that you actually came on the Timba. Well, I 200. said I would, and I did, and then I did it, and it's over. And so the Timba 200 is something Bagel and I started. It's a the 200 mile loop on under 200 cc bikes, but we allowed some 250s just to come and be companions. Um, and I won that race also. <laughs> oh. It was if, a race. If you all can't hear my eyes rolling, they're rolling. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, only because my bike just happened to squeak out an extra like mile per hour than anyone else's. <laughs> That's like making the Kessel run in twelve parsecs. It's like it's not <laughs> different units of measurement here. Um, it was fun, and it was also cool because it was raining, but that didn't stop us. Everyone still showed yeah, up. We actually got pretty damp leaving uh, Santa Cruz the first like forty-five minutes or the first like thirty miles or so. Was yep. was all rainy. We started with six. We finished with five. Yeah, only one casualty. That was uh, Andrew's uh, or Andy's. Uh, what is that? A, a old Kawasaki, uh, yeah, Kawasaki one seventy-five two-stroke. Yeah, yep. it was a badass bike. Yeah, yeah. the BSA Saki. The BSA Saki. Yeah, he's got BSA <laughs> taped to the side of the, t- the <laughs> tank. Yes, it's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <That's> pretty funny. <laughs> but it, was had- a, it was a good ride. The roads were beautiful. Um, it just. Uh, and and just I, just, I'm, to, just I'm, to clarify though, he, he wasn't out like 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 down or anything. It just his his throttle was sticking oh, yeah, for some reason. Throttle he, was sticking. He decided it'd be safer just to bail out rather than have it you know like the cable snap somewhere halfway through the ride. Luckily, it was in Santa Cruz County or you know you know South Santa Cruz City. So yeah, we weren't that far out of town. No. And Doug was riding my second Elite 150, the jankier one. Yeah. I, I love being Liza's guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, uh, depending on how this goes, it's really going to affect the resale price <laughs> one way or the finishes, other it's going up <laughs> yep <laughs> so yeah the route was great we're just so fortunate to have great roads and we we're able to traverse you know out of the city um and then once we get down to the valley i love going down river road and there's you know farms and vineyards and it's basically like a tractor road you know yep and that goes for miles and miles and miles yeah it's all ag and good smelling stuff Um, yeah great yeah but then of course my favorite part is always coming up carmel valley road up over the the mountain and through carmel Mm -hmm. oh that's that road it it was like a good 10 miles i've never seen another car or Mm -hmm. anything except for that bmw railing around the corners that almost looked jake out there's that bl- that blue BMW coming the other way, and isn't it always mm-hmm. a BMW? It's always it's usually a Prius. Yeah, if it's not, if <laughs> well, it's not a Prius, it's a BMW. <laughs> well, or I guess a Mazda. They're, they're dangerous, but in a different way. <laughs> so it's hard to drift. And, a Prius. Yeah, it was and, a good yes. ride. Uh, you know, my ass was sore at the end of the day, um, and it, oh, yeah. it wasn't the miles; it was the time. 
Because, you know, you're averaging like 40 miles an hour mm-hmm. or something like we, that. It took us about eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we got back I mean, there, five. There was some there were some stops. Um, we discovered that Douglas has a magic finger. I have a magic finger. Yes. yes. He, uh, there was a breakdown yeah. and dis- we, dismantling. It was a long stretch of highway. It was maybe two, three miles long. Um, we're going maybe 50 miles an hour. I don't know. The thing's almost pinned. And uh, all of a sudden there's a pop and I lose power and I'm coasting, but the engine's still running. It's idling and I don't want to gas it or anything. So I pull over and gather everybody and then we're taking out and like the, the, the whole time, the whole day, every time I stopped, I smelled this burning plastic smell. So I'm, I'm like, my mind's on the belt, right? You're bringing the resale value down. Right. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) No, it made it. It went up. Um, So I'm thinking, oh, the belt, the belt fucking popped. Luckily I've got a a brand new belt in my tank bag. Um, So we get the side cover off the the belt and clutch area and uh, the belt is totally brand new. It's fine. So we're scratching our heads like, what the fuck is going on? So um, we start the thing again and it idles totally fine. But as soon as you get on it and try to accelerate, it just bogs. It bogs and bogs. So we're looking at the the, the belt clutch and we're looking at the the air the air pod that I put on there. And uh, after a while, I start thinking that this thing's just not getting any gas in the high end. So I take off the pod and I stick my finger in the carburetor and I manually... Go you, up and down with the slide. You, you diddled it. As you diddled I'm, it, yes. As I'm it. throttling it, and I think I just pulled the slide up far enough manually to clear that main jet out. And then uh, after that, it ran perfectly, if not better. Yep, yeah, you diddled it, and then it ran better than it ever did. Yeah. Nice. What's, what's the motorcycle equivalent of a green thumb? Because you might have that. <laughs> <laughs> a golden finger? A golden finger. This is the finger right there. <laughs> Greasy finger. <laughs> there you go. Charlie Greasy showed finger. up with his TTR-125 today, and Douglas diddled the exhaust, and then it worked fine. Yeah. <laughs> I stuck the same finger in his exhaust. Cleared it out. <laughs> I said, there's nothing wrong yeah. with this bike now. Yeah, that's you're that's illegal bro. in like 30 states, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so Doug, Only if you're caught. Doug, yes. I want to ask you now, so did you bond with the Elite? No. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to ride that thing again. Uh, here, here's my here's what I learned. Um, I don't particularly like long distance trips, even though it's not really super long distance. Um, I like a lot of thrill in a short amount of time in my rides, mm-hmm. which is why I stick to canyon carving and goaty mountain roads on the supermoto. I, I need. Uh, I didn't get that. Um, like when we were on that that road you were talking about, Carmel Valley. Right. It yeah. was like I was trying to ride it. To get some thrill out of it, but it just wasn't giving it to me. And oh, I think, it, it gave it to you, right? I think <laughs> I need the ditch. I think I need more adrenaline and more like um, fast stop go, uh, more power. It, like that that type of riding is is totally cool, but just not for me. I I, I get it. I, though I get that from the scooter because at forty five, I feel like I'm like pushing limits. You know, right? So those little wheels. Well, uh, that, after that ride, I got home and I, I got, or I got back to the garage and got back in the Ninja, and I was like, I had to learn throttle control again. Because <laughs> <laughs> those scooters have two speeds: it's stop and trying to go. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> throttle, so throttle like, closed, you're stop, you're like, open, it's pinned open. There's yeah. no like in between on those scooters anyway. So what you need on that was a turbo, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something, <laughs> something, <laughs> some nitrous. I mean, maybe. I'm, glad I, I'm glad I did it, but would, would I do it again? Probably, probably not. I get it. Doug and I did at one point have a great race on a, a straightaway. Oh, you know. <laughs> so that was fun. That was fun. So, <laughs> like we're tucked as fuck. Like, like full, going down full this, pin, like, just full this pin. like ten mile straight highway. Uh, full yeah, full pin at fifty miles an hour. <laughs> 
And uh, <laughs> she's like slowly passes me at about half a mile an hour faster than me. And so I tuck a little tighter and put my head down and like wide open throttle. And then I start to draft her and then I start passing her by like <laughs> one mile an hour. <laughs> For the next one. <laughs> yeah. He comes by me and I'm like, oh, hell no. So, so like, I can feel turning my head to look at her. I slow down. <laughs> yeah, right. So I pull my legs in and I pull, I get tighter. Like, be a ball, be a ball. Yeah. And I catch up to him. And then he's he's clinches even more and gets tighter. Be a ball. Yeah. And we were yeah. just kind of going back and forth. And yeah, it was, it was fun. Just getting everything you could out of it. But I'm glad you did it. And um, I mean, I think, yeah, you, you did try some distance endurance riding i appreciate i that really you tried liked uh that off-road bit <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun ditch you just dro- drove down into <laughs> we, we stopped to find directions or whatever you guys were doing and i was like there's a ditch that's full of mud and rocks i'm going for it <laughs> you just brought down the resale value <laughs> no i just upped it again <laughs> no he brought down the the resale can't, value of, can't do dirt <laughs> he brought down the resale value of jake's clothes who got behind him to push him out oh, yes. <laughs> well, i was like i was like I, I was not thinking ahead i was like get in the ditch get in the ditch that's all i was thinking about i got in the ditch and i was like fucking hey this is fucking cool and my my boots are getting all muddy and shit and then i was like the ditch started getting steeper so i'm like at that point i'm like fuck the ditch i'm trying to get out of here <laughs> and mike mike is like going alongside me on this on the shoulder of the road videotaping me or whatever <laughs> i'm like f- looking for this nice graceful area to get out and there was none so i had to find the lowest point i could find just to ram the bike into the side of the the little uh, embankment and then jake and mike had to get off their bikes and come help push the, the the scooter up the hill and doing so I was you know, throttling it and Jake was right behind it and it just lit her up like a Christmas tree full of mud <laughs> <laughs> so she wore that proudly the rest of the day but that was fun and yeah. we had one other highlight today what was that <laughs> yes yes John's title arrived in the mail and I I presented it to him holding it above my head playing this music. Like the last game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so John who got the free bike and then lost the title this it's been the, now months. The circle of strife, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. And he got a hold of the original owner who didn't know that the bike had been given away and Long, and long story short, he, he he complied and sent him the title. And he did so. a dance. We yeah, a dance. so that was a good moment today. That'll be up probably later this week, too. So should we get to uh, why we got a strange-speaking man on the couch poking Bosley who's snoring? <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm glad uh, to have with us tonight. We got Heiko Gutenberg. Did I say it right? No. G- Gutenberg. Gutenberg. Huh? Ant. Gutenberg. Gutenberg. <laughs> That's all right. Just call me Heiko. That's fine. Heiko. <laughs> so, um, Heiko, we found out about you, and I uh, messaged you on Facebook because you're doing this crazy trip around the world kind of travel thing by motorcycle. And I was like, dude, you're coming this way. We'd love to interview. All right. Yeah, I started um, in May 2014. Uh, on the 20th of May, I left Germany and... Uh, well, this is country number 18 I'm traveling in now. Nice. Awesome. So I crossed like uh, southeastern Europe, went through the Middle East, 
Southeast Asia, Indonesia, Australia, New Zealand, and just a couple of weeks ago across the Pacific Ocean on a container ship from New Zealand coming here to San Francisco. And today I'm in Santa Cruz. That's right. Sweet. And what is your sweet ride? That um, is a sweet ride. My my bike is a Honda Africa Twinner XRV 750, built 1994. How uh, many miles on that thing? Uh, actually, it clocked 100,000 kilometers today. That's wow, it's a milestone. Yeah, yeah. So my my speed, speedo looks really nice again. It's got <laughs> two hundred some kilometers on it now. And it ups so the resale value. Actually. Yeah, I, I, put, I put up the resale value massive today. It's what, like new. Yeah. What's that? About seventy thousand miles. Yeah, yeah. 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 And how many did it have when you got it? Was it? Uh, it had um, twenty-seven thousand kilometers. Oh, so it was just breaking in. Yeah, 73 of the 100,000 I did on this trip. Yeah, I told you, when I was over in Pakistan, I was meeting other people on these older Africa twins, just riding the heck out of them, yeah, breaking they, them, duct taping, taping them back together and going to the next country. Yeah, they they were sold uh, quite frequently in the 80s and 90s uh, in Europe, all over, and if you, you open like some some motorcycle sales sites on the internet in Germany right now you find about five, six hundred of them these years. So let's just quickly get to why you're on this journey. Um, I, I started tattooing here in this country in the US about uh, 31 years ago and I've been tattooing ever since and um, indigenous tattooing has been a thing that, that really interests me and after doing my own um, tattoo studio in Germany for 25 years I thought it, I'd be up for a nice break you know after 25 years of paying taxes and being a good boy I felt like doing something uh, nice yeah fun before I get too old doing it and I've done a couple of trips on motorcycles before nothing like this but um, I was always kind of thinking be a nice thing to do once in your lifetime go around the world on a motorcycle and um while I'm doing this, I'm kind of researching indigenous tattooing along the way. That's what I've been doing the past two years. So my, my focus on this trip was kind of to visit regions of the world where I can still find uh, traditional forms of tattooing that have been practiced there sometimes for over a thousand years already. What, what's been the, the highlight? Where, where did you find that, what, what you're looking for Oh, that stuck I, out the most? Um, I started finding it in, in India, like almost all over the country. I wasn't aware of that before, of the, the amount of, of uh, indigenous culture that still uh, mm -hmm. practice, especially in India. I was quite quite uh, blown away by that. Cool. Hmm. And so you're two, about two years into your two and a half year journey? Yeah. So where are you going from here? Um, I plan to be up in Alaska in like uh, July and August. Oh, wow. And uh, then work my way down uh, southeast and i want to leave uh the american continent from like uh, uh south carolina or georgia in 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 the beginning of december mm -hmm. want to get another container ship and then go back to europe and plan to be back home by christmas this year i promised my my mother I, cool. I, I, it's got to be hard to to go back to life after something like this, yes? Yeah, kind of. I, I got a lot of things, though, that that I want to um, do that, that, that I've been collecting throughout this trip. You know, um, I've been working on a book 
Um, I'm working on a presentation that I want to do on on regular basis, and um, I want to plan another trip. You know, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I I learned a lot through this trip. Uh, certain things I would do completely different on another one, but definitely I think a motorcycle would be my my choice of transport again. All right, so I, I'm going to ask a question that I think is in a lot of people's minds. They say, I can never do something like this. Like this. I couldn't afford to. Can I ask you, how do you afford to do a trip like this? Well, how do you make it work? You know, the thing I think is that you have to think about is uh, when you want to do a trip like this is what am I willing to give up, you know? I'm living on less money when I'm on this trip than I do when I'm back home. I think everybody, as soon as you leave like the Western world, uh, you will be able to live on a lot less money than you need every month back home, you know. And um, if you can maybe, if you own a house, you know, you could rent that out for the time you're gone. Um, If you don't own it completely, you could consider selling it, you know. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, um, can save you money for quite a while and and you can travel really comfortably uh, throughout Asia for example for 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 less than a thousand dollars a month you know that's including food accommodation and 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 fuel you know for your bike and so have you how what have you been doing for lodging on this trip um th- throughout um say Iran it started and uh, um Pakistan. I've been mainly staying in, in accommodation, like rooms that I rent for a night or for a couple of nights, because you, you can find them at a price where it's not really worth uh, pitching a tent, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing is it's it's not very comfortable to, to, to camp in India, because just checking the air pressure on your tire usually draws a hundred spectators, you know, that watching. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you pitch your tent anywhere in India, there'll be 500 people watching you doing it, you know. and That's really interesting. Yeah, and there'll probably be some laying in your tent when you come back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you find really good rooms like in India for $8, sometimes $6 even, you wow. know. So it's, it's not really... Um, necessary to camp and and the other thing is it's it's quite hot throughout the time that i went through and, and it's awful to stay in a tent when it's too hot for mm-hmm. myself and yeah. you even got to meet moin khan yeah i met moin in uh, lahore in august 2014 did did he did he find you how did that work out um he heard about us uh, coming to lahore we were uh, uh, kind of a mini group of three motorcyclers, uh, English guy, uh, Canadian and me, mm-hmm. and we met in Iran. And uh, the English and the Canadian guy, they required a guide to to cross Iran. But that guide uh, pushed him out through a border that's officially closed. Oh, no. Mm. And um, I was able to follow that. <coughs> and I wanted to do that route, but... Um, the the latest information on that route was that it that it is closed. They had an attack with a rocket launcher again on the border station. Ooh. So, uh, ten months before I approach approached that border, uh, thirty uh, customs agents on the Iranian side were killed wow. in one evening. Like pretty much everybody working the border there. So that's a very troubled part of the world, and then it's. Usually it's not open for traffic. And then that was on the border from Iran to which country? To Pakistan. Wow. So were there any countries that you were looking forward to that 
were a bit of a disappointment. And on the flip side, were there any you weren't expecting much and they turned out to be wonderful? Um, places that I was, uh, yeah, I'd even say a bit scared of uh, in the beginning turned out to be uh, absolutely wonderful. I would always visit them again. That would be Iran, you know. Mm-hmm. I- Iran is a place you, you hear so many bad things about. Growing up in the world we grow up into that... Especially um, the border I crossed into Iran was um, an unusual one too. I took a very little border station um, in the in the Kurdish part of Turkey, and that's a very troubled region in in, in Turkey already. And that that Kurdish region continues into into Iran, Kurdistan. Former Kurdistan used to be located in Iraq, Iran, and and Turkey. That country disappeared after First World War, but all these people still live in these three countries. Mm. And I, I kind of witnessed uh, the troubles uh, in the, on the Turkish side, you know, the days before, and especially the night before I went over the border and saw how, like, brutal police and army was handling civilians, you know, mm-hmm. that I was kind of worried about, like, oh, man, tomorrow you cross into a country where there's... Like, no control, really, you know, where you can't call your embassy anymore. Say, I'm in trouble, get me out of here. They'd be like, well, there's nothing we can do for you here, you know. And um, But it turned out to be totally different, you know. I- Iran was a totally different impression than, than I was expecting there, you know. That's great. And was there any place that wasn't as good as you were expecting? Um, one place that disappointed me, or by my own, I was disappointed by my own decision afterwards, was Myanmar. I crossed Myanmar on my oh, yeah. own bike too, and it cost you a whole lot of money to do that. Mm. And um, I was kind of getting the idea before that, um, you know, that you actually just pay a whole lot of bribe to the government to to get the permits uh, required to travel through there. And I ended up doing that, but um, then kind of finding out while I'm there that that it's all former military people, you know, running all the travel agencies nowadays that that make it possible for for people traveling through in their own vehicles to get you the permits. It's kind of, you know, still giving giving your money to all these criminals that have been taken from these people there for for 60 years now already, you know, so... I felt pretty stupid afterwards for investing my money into that, you know. That but you didn't know, and you live and learn, right? Yeah, yeah, but, you know, if if you see, like, how they still run the country, you know, it. it I felt quite shit afterwards. So like, man, you you thrown up money, these, these, you know, idiots' roads there that are still, you know, taking women for slave labor yeah. to build their new roads and, wow. and, and so on, you know. It's a pretty sad place still. And are you... Tattooing as you go? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, so um, how 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 does that come about? Do people approach you? Do you approach people? Do yeah. you advertise that you're doing it, or like how does that not, fit into your? Not really. It's it's written all over my body, so it's kind of hard to to hide, you know. Mm-hmm. And and in some places, I I stuck out like dogs' balls, of course. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like look at this fella, you know. And uh, they get curious and ask me about what I do, and then I tell them and share it with them, you know. So it just works. It just comes up. And yeah, it comes works out. itself out. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's cool. I, I usually don't don't run around and promote it that I do it. It's, right. Depends on where I'm at. Gotcha. I, he- I heard a story that on this trip you did like the world's highest altitude t- tattoo. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. <laughs> wow. I have I haven't checked it, but it must have been. Um, 
And I did it the, the electric way with the tools that, that I work with. So I can run my uh, tattoo machinery off my motorcycle. That's, That's so cool. cool. And so what, what was the elevation? Uh, the elevation was the highest pass of the world. That's Kadungla in, in Ladakh. That's uh, northern India. It's mm -hmm. 5,370 meters. 18,000 some feet, that is. Wow. Yeah. And the, I did a little OM symbol on an Englishman's wrist, <laughs> also a, a motorcycle traveler. But just spending these 20 minutes up there and, and 10 minutes of getting your picture and 10 minutes of getting everything together again to go back down was already too much. You know, you were yeah. totally exhausted. Because oh, yeah. you, you stay in Leh the days before, which is at like uh, um, 10,000 feet, you know. But then doing that, that another 8,000 foot climb, it's, it's, a, it's a different world up there. Damn. Yeah. How, how'd, um, how'd your bike handle that elevation? Ah, okay, yeah. I was going to say, so to give you all the information, a carburetor bike runs yeah. on the highest pass of the world. It doesn't perform very good. we <laughs> only first and second <laughs> but gear. It, but it does run. It runs, you know. So wow. all that, that stupid talk about uh, rejetting it and shit, it's a bunch of crap. You wouldn't want to do that. You know, I suppose that would depend on the bike and depending on what what you're going to do at that altitude. Well, but in, at that altitude, to get your tank off to rejet your carburetor, you bugger, man. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you might yeah. as well go up the rest with the low performance. You just put a piece of duct tape over like ninety percent of your air intake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want. Uh, you, know, you want to open it up. Finger yeah, in. Yeah, you yeah, want jet, air. Jet down. Never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can edit that out. Just diddle it. So I don't That's all stupid. you gotta do. Just, right. diddle, Just it. diddle it with my finger. <laughs> you, you can also take a fuel injected bike. You won't hardly notice it. Yeah. So as you're traveling around, are you meeting a lot of other moto travelers and kind of grouping together? Uh, not a whole lot. I met a few. I met like half a dozen <laughs> other riders along oh, the really? way. And. Um, uh, some of them I don't want to meet. I can explain to th that to you later, you know. But um, um, sometimes it ends up that you're riding together for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. yeah. But um, overall, I prefer traveling myself on, on this trip. It's I get more out. Do you of it. have a, a like a spot tracker or something that something you hey, can call I, for I, emergencies in case I, you wreck by yourself? Or I bought one three days ago. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a wise decision. Yeah, I should have. Had one uh, um, before in Australia. That's when I noticed I, I, I should have one. Mm. I, I was going uh, through Central Australia, which is pretty remote, and mm -hmm. I, I of course crashed in the morning. You know, low speed one, nothing bad, but boogered my knee and my ankle well, quite plus well. Plus, your bike is so is pretty top heavy, isn't it? No, it's not really. Well, I mean, with all the gear on it and everything. Yeah, it's all right. I still get it up. You still know, get it up, lay, yeah. laying down. But um, I, I I really like. Knackered my my knee that morning, and um, the next roadhouse was about another two hundred miles, and that whole day I did like I think four hundred four hundred fifty miles, and I, I met one other car. Hey? That yeah. was it. So that felt pretty lonely, pretty, pretty and, desolate. Huh? And and some parts of the road were, were quite shit. It was all gravel, all dust, anyways. But some of it was like pretty loose, pretty deep sand. 
So I was over it. Eh? And when I made it to that roadhouse, I was limping in. And the first thing that the, the guy running the roadhouse telling me, you have a spot tracker, don't you? <laughs> no. What's that? Like, what, what the fuck are you doing out here without one? He's like, you know how many people I picked up here in the last couple of years on bikes that, you know, laid themselves out and they all had a spot tracker. How am I going to find you if you don't have one? So is this type of riding, is this kind of new to you or do you have a long history? Of, <clears throat> no, I don't I don't really have a long history of motorcycle riding at all, you know. Okay. I, I so started, you're still running into things that you haven't done before? Yeah. Um, well, I, I kind of mix it out on this bike. I've, I've done a couple of things where you usually don't take bikes. Bikes is weight yeah. class. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We've done done a few few spots. You know, you, you've been up to to Kundra Pass. So. Yeah. So how was the river going through after after uh, the parts of the road were gone? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the river had yeah. been high. Yeah, the the, the, the year before. we were up, one one river was. Uh, it wasn't that high, but it was fast. Eh? It was only like close to the tank, so it was over your boots, all right. But man, it was pushing. Eh? And uh, the other guys I was traveling with, they were giving me a hard time about my weight. You know, you're never gonna make it through the rivers and stuff. And I was the only one making it through all the rivers. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. They kept that. stalling and you know not spinning in front of a rock and stuff. And that heavy thing just plowed right through. Nice. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah. So Isaac, I'm going to put you on the spot. Take a, just a wild guess how many tires he's gone through in his two years. Two years, you said seventy-three thousand kilometers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess either twelve. Let's just say sets. Sets. Or so sets two. of tires. Or sets two. of tires. How, how many sets of tires? <laughs> Can I guess one on each extreme? Sure. <laughs> what? No, just how many sets yeah, of tires? Um, today. We wanted mm-hmm. that t- today. Ten. Ten sets of tires. All right. Have you done the math yet, Heiko? No, I'm on my seventh set of tires. Oh, oh. close. That's a pretty good guess, actually. Yeah, but the, the reason for but that he's is... Got to, he's got a set <laughs> on the back of his bike right now, so the, he, that's his eighth set right there. That, so even that he shipped from New Zealand, right? <laughs> yeah, they were given to me in, in New Zealand for free. So, so we, you are long distance travelers. We always tell to check out Heidenau Tires. They're right in Scotts Valley. If you have, and, and they're German. So. Well, no, no. Um, to tell you the truth, I, I tested that on this trip. Uh, the Heidenau Scout Tire. Uh-huh. It's the only long distance tire in the world that works on on heavy bikes. So that's what you're running right now. No. No. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I run that from from Bangkok to uh, Australia, and then put another set on in Australia. I did all of Australia on that, and uh, some of New Zealand. Okay. But then they were too pricey in New Zealand, and I got Shinko uh, tires. These are Korean, and they gave me two sets when I arrived. Buy in cheap New and buy thrice, right? No, they they actually they they're, they're pretty nice tires. I'm happy with. Okay, them. good. They were for free, and I'm cool. cool. And I I started on Metzler tires. They sponsored me, and they were gonna sponsor me for the whole trip. <laughs> but in India, they dropped out because uh, they had to boo. ship them. And um, you want to know how many flat tires I had on this trip? In India. In India, I had the most of them, yeah. And uh, I had 15 uh, uh, flat back wheels all on the Metzler tire. Ugh. Really? Wow. And I did uh, the same distance pretty much I did on Metzler tires. I did on uh, on Heidenhaus. I didn't have one flat and tire. And you're running tubes, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Have you thought of a tubeless conversion? No. To just be able to patch it from the outside no, and no, get on your way? No. It's, no? It's all right to get a get a new tube in real quick, I think. All right. So now that you're here in the States, yeah. um, how, are you going to be like couch surfing? Because it's very expensive to camp here. What's your plan? Oh, is it that? Did it get that expensive to camp? I, I didn't. Even, I didn't even check into it. Well, there's a lot of opportunities of uh, wild camping in this country too. It's big enough, you know. I'm gonna move inland pretty soon, and I know, you know, you turn off the road yeah, somewhere. That's, that's just California, Liza. Yeah, I can actually speak to the <laughs> camping in the U.S. I thought it was impossible to do for free, and then I came cross country from Vermont and two months I spent five dollars on, yeah. on oh. lodging so there's a there's a shout out to this like public website freecampsites.net people just put on pinpoints on a map say oh. you can camp here I've been there and I use it the whole way across yeah yeah, oh, yeah. wiki camps is a pretty useful app as well I, I work with that quite a bit and yeah so I talked to a lot of travelers who when they started out they packed so many things yeah. and then they end up shedding as they go. Yes, I, I shed all the time but I gather too so I'm, I'm traveling with way too much but you know my excuse for that is, is I'm, a, I'm an old man you know I'm almost 50 I want my, my What's your comfort stuff? <laughs> yeah it's not really that much comfort stuff but I've brought a lot of uh, spare parts and tools for the bike because mm -hmm. um, a lot of the places I went through I wasn't really sure how, how the distribution of, of parts and tools would be i would do that differently on another trip because i learned it's a uh, typical western paranoid you know thinking of right. like i better take this and better take that well, like, expect the best plan for the worst yeah but you know the poorer and the more remote the country is the, the better is the help you will get you mm. know it will be the most affordable and the most professional help you get you know no matter what the disaster is these people still know how to fix things you interesting. know interesting it's it's I, I wouldn't yes. be worried about about that again you know before i thought oh man how is anybody going to help you in pakistan or india they help you brilliantly you know and and i would imagine that in in some of the less well-off places people are more resourceful and they may actually be better better prepared to help out with oh yeah oh yeah know, i had a, a a problem with the rectifier in in, in uh in indonesia and in, it's in a honda no way yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I know what was the problem now because I I I burned one and a half of them on the trip, and um, it melted pretty much like a couple of plug connections and mm. and, and uh, the battery completely like shot it. Wow! And that was in Flores. Flores isn't really the the well developed part of Indonesia. I was like, oh fuck, man, this doesn't look good, eh? It was mm. like. The plugs were like, you know, it was like just. I, I had the same thing happen on a Honda. Yeah, we yeah. happened to Zoe too. Yeah, it blew it blew it, up the stator connector. Almost every Honda oh. that comes through here has had a blown uh, reg rack at some point or melted wires on it. Yeah, you get the plugs out, and you know, in the long run, that's how you solve it. Just cut them all out and solder the thing. Uh -huh. Yeah, right? yeah, that's mm. it's better. The, the plug connection is a problem, and and put a big chunk of aluminum under the. Very heat dispersion, huh? Yeah, yeah. Mm. That solves it too, you know. Or just get a better reg rack. But uh, the aftermarket reg rack, yeah. But yeah. with with Google Translator, you know, I could communicate with the mechanic I found there, and uh, he he just found the the missing plugs, you know, in his uh, cool. in his pile of junk behind the shop, and took him three hours to fix it, and uh, he got me um, he put. 
put a new scooter battery in the Honda, only eight ampere one, but it worked, hey? Cool. And hey, uh, I got late breaking news here. We got we got Cat on the phone here. Cat, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> How you doing at the hospital? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm in a room now, and they're uh, looking at my knee, which has doubled in size. Ooh. Ooh. Did they, did they have to cut your jeans? Your your nice ass jeans? Hell no, they they cut my booty jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Score one. Good. Well, you're being taken care of. No, but nobody's given you an assessment yet. No, not yet. They're working on it. They're pretty busy. They all the nurses have uh, found my story quite humorous, though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're actually telling them what happened. They're like, the milk what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, nice. All right, well, hope hope everything's okay. We'll be looking forward to the story by next week. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next week. All right, talk to you soon. Right, bye. bye. All right, well... <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I wish I could see the look on their face. So how did this happen? Um, okay, well. <laughs> you see what happened was being pulled around on a milk crate by a motorcycle. <laughs> Imagine it's like water skiing, but it's less water ski and more milk crate. It's, <laughs> it's not really skiing. It's, like skiing. it's like dragging. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. I know. Well, um, Heiko, I wanted to get a little more into your history. How long have you been riding? Uh, I started riding when I was 27. Um, the reason why I did that is um, when you turn 18 in Germany, that's when you usually do your license. And to just give you an idea, if you do your motorcycle and your car license together, it'll cost you about two and a half, three thousand dollars $3,000. Wow. What? Wow. It's massively expensive. And just uh, so usually when you turn 18, you get some money from your parents and your grandparents and you do your license. You know, that's what you do with that money. That's how they get you. <laughs> it's yeah. how they get you. And it, yeah. And um, my, my grandpa was a, a motorcycle messenger in Second World War and he was always really keen on me starting riding, you wow. know, and had some money there for me. And a year before I was like old enough to legally do my license, I had a little crash on a DT80 with a friend on the way to school and I munched up my knee pretty good and stuff and didn't feel like riding at all. <laughs> I turned 18, you know, my grandpa was quite disappointed. The boy did only the car license. 27, um, a couple of years down the road, um, my best buddy was lovesick, you know. His girlfriend had left him a year before and it just wouldn't get better, wouldn't get better. And mm. Even a year after it, you know, he just accidentally mentioned her name and it was like watery eyes. I was like, <laughs> fuck. Mm. So we had a couple of drinks one evening. I went, Klaus, you know what? We should do our motorcycle license and get us some Harleys and then you get all the girls. So he came to <laughs> <laughs> What a plan. <laughs> yeah, so he came to my shop the next day and was like, you need to sign here. You know, I'm like, what do I need to sign? He's like, well, I got us registered for the license. I was like, oh, shit. So, <laughs> so that's what we did last night. <laughs> they used to make Harleys in Germany, didn't they? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I've, oh. I've seen some German Harleys before. Really? Hmm. Or they were... Uh, maybe they weren't making them there, but they... Yes, okay. There's a history of Harleys in Germany. I don't know what it is, but it existed. Yeah, well, yeah, anyways, a couple of months later, we had Harleys, you know. That was my first motorcycle. And I always re remember the first training hour, you know, for the for the license. The first time I used to throttle myself, I liked it much better eh, than sitting on the bank. So what, what was <laughs> yeah. it, a Harley what? I, I got myself a sports store. 
Sportster, how big was it? Uh, 883, was it a 1986? Yeah. Cool. Beginner first, bike. First <laughs> evolution. No, it wasn't that beginner, right? It was a four-speed. It was really fast. According to Harley, that's the beginner bike. <laughs> well, I, we're I, on the same page, I, trust I, I was, me. <laughs> I was really lucky to get one of these beginner bikes because it would really ride. And yeah, I, I rode yeah. the shit out of it the first couple of years I had it. And then I got kind of bored of it. Yeah, was sitting around because you know people wanted to go to the motorcycle meeting place and I was like nah nah I'm not into that so I went up to Scandinavia or down to Spain on the bike I really like that and um, a couple of years later I uh, I rented a bike in New Zealand I did a trip to New Zealand and uh, read the XT600 mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. like six six seven years ago and that's the first time I rode on gravel <laughs> and I really liked that first couple of days it was really scary and then I got more confident. A year later I went again for another three months, did another 15,000 kilometers in New Zealand and then, you know the idea came like, man you should go on that bike trip around the world so I started researching a little bit of what kind of bike I would like to use for this trip and it was either a BMW R100GS or the Honda Africa Twin and nice. since the Africa Twin is more reliable, I picked the Africa Twin. I think it's a little more user oh. serviceable yeah, as yeah. well. Why yeah. was the R100GS your option? Why not? Uh, because same thing, no electronics, you know, carburetor. Oh, okay. I, I didn't mm-hmm. want anything fuel injected or, or, you know, I just wanted the, the most simple technology possible for this. Because so I thought nobody would be able to fix anything anywhere, but I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I still wouldn't take a modern bike to these places, but anything like like I'm riding there, you have a breakdown in India or, or Thailand or anywhere, it'd be no problem. Hey, these people. Is, cool. is, is, was a scooter ever an option for this trip? No, not for this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you have you have you are also fond of scooters. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I hey, I like to ride anything that has a throttle, you know, and and two wheels. It's I'm not really fixed on on one brand or anything, or I'm not afraid to sit myself on a scooter, you know, even do a little longer trip on a scooter, but n- nothing like I've been doing. You Where know? were you yesterday? I know. <laughs> so, well, so we had an we had an extra bike here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about so, two hundred miles on the scooter. <laughs> and I understand you're you're a classic scooter guy. Are you yeah. in the classic camp? Well, I, I like my my older Vespas. They're not yes. that classic, you know. They they cl- they consider them classic, but a real classic Vespa would be way older than what I have, you know. So but, what do you have? Uh, I have two two P PX Vespas from the from the eighties. I don't really exactly know. One is early, one is a little later. And the, the Vespa P's are like the K car of of Vespa. <laughs> well, they're a little bit better <laughs> quality than a K car. No, but they look like the K. They're all squared off. They're yeah. definitely eighties bikes. Yeah, oh, they're not, they don't look like a women's. You know. They don't look like a woman. They look like a square woman. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Back myself into a corner and I'm going to get myself out of it. <laughs> they don't have that classic line. Yeah, the, the, they're, they're know, not as curvy as the classic yes. Vespas, the older yeah. classic Vespas. Exactly. But they, they still look like a, a scooter made from metal. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, Bagel here wants to go do a scooter trip across Pakistan. Yes. Oh, yeah, you should. Oh, man, you find yep. heaps of nice scooters in Pakistan. Yep, yeah, and, uh, with Moeen. Oh, yeah, and... Yeah, that that would be a thing to do oh, across yeah. Pakistan or, uh, or up to Kunjarab. Up, yeah. yeah, up to Kunjarab, up the Karakoram Highway. Yeah, 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 definitely do it. 
be yeah. a beautiful experience. Yeah. I, I don't know how how about the the scooter performing up on the Kunjarop, you know. It'll be a little anemic up at the altitude, I'm sure, but we'll yeah. we'll make it. It's it's fairly high as well. Yeah. And so is that is that your list of bikes that you've had? That's not very many. Oh, I had a couple of I had a XT600 and I also have a XTZ750 Super Tenere. Oh, wait. Oh. Okay, those are new to us here. No, those are they were So, how old is your Super Tenere? It's the early 90s one. Okay, they're, they're new to us here. So, and that wasn't a bike that you could take on the trip. No, uh, too much fuel consumption. And mm -hmm. and Yamaha, I'm sorry, it's you know. <gasps> I mean, it's all right bike. It's it's grunty. It's a nice motor, but it won't last shit eh, in, in the long run. I'm, I'm, I chose a tractor. Hey, eh? this bike is really unspectacular. It's got like 65 horsepower, 750 cc. It's geared really boring. Everything. There's nothing there to get <laughs> excited about. You know, it just gets you places. And I can pass any truck anytime. Did Did you any consider the DR650 at any point? I'm no. Just, I'm just I'm just trying to find your aspect um, of the, uh, the the aspect of the two, two, both. two cylinder was I didn't feel like changing the oil every six thousand kilometers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on a one cylinder man. You can't carry all these oil filters <laughs> that you're gonna need. <laughs> you know, it's like every two weeks you're changing your oil. You know, it's like yeah. if you if you really go in places. So um, and then also the, the longer stretches of of road in that I was gonna run into in uh, 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 Australia and then here on the mm -hmm. North American continent made me think that it would be maybe a nice idea to take a two cylinder on this trip. Cool. And and the the longer like maintenance schedule you have on a two cylinder compared to a one cylinder. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And. Um, I'm always aiming on like a, a total of what 75 80,000 miles on this trip. Mm -hmm. So, damn, a lot of one cylinders don't do that, you know. Yeah, and if I'm lucky, I, I do that with this motor, with this clutch, with this brake, uh, disc for the brake, with everything without renewing it, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised your clutch hasn't gone by now. Uh, we, we put a new one in before I left, mm -hmm. but the old one just looked fine, but it was 20 years old. Right, yeah. So <laughs> we, we put a new one in, you know. So um, would you say at this point in your ride that you have become an accomplished rider? What's an accomplished rider? What, what, what do you think it means to be an accomplished rider? Like that point in your life where you're like, now I know what I'm doing. Um, was there a moment that uh, happened that you realized that, or did it come slowly over time, or do you not yet think that you're an accomplished rider? Um, I'm, uh, I can ride all right, you know. I, by now I can tell people, too, that, that ride with their mouth or that ride, you know. <laughs> you can <laughs> hear that really quick. But, you know, I met, I met one guy, for example, on my trip here, an uh, English guy. I met him in Laos. Uh, his name is Lyndon Poskett. And he's a Dakar finisher, a British guy, and he, he travels around the world on a on a 690 rally that he builds himself. And I went riding with him a couple of times, and dude, it's a different world. Eh? Mm -hmm. It's like you can't even follow his lines on the road, you know, it's impossible. And and he's so experienced, you know, he was a, the British uh, trial champion at the age of 14. Uh, he's won any off-road racing in Great Britain. He's, he's the, the rally uh, national champion there, I don't know how many times. Uh, he just uh, participated in the Sonora rally here. 
he did uh, second overall in the Baja, in the last Baja, mm -hmm. on the motorcycles. Uh, if you ride with somebody like that, you know where you're at, you know? Yeah. Um, nothing, man. The guy crashes twice a day, <laughs> like hard out, where you see the, the bike fucking flipping and shit. And uh -huh. You're like, what the fuck? And he just gets up, dusts himself off, and says, oh, it's all good, it's all good, man. Mm -hmm. you, have, wow. you have stories on your blog about riding with him, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and that's like, then you realize, like, okay, man, I, I can ride a bit, you know. So that's that's a different level of riding. So if you if you start riding with, like, a, a professional or semi-professional right. rider, well, you know your abilities. When, you're, when you're comparing yourself to somebody else. I just compare myself to, like, before I set off on this trip. Before I set off on this trip, if, like, my front wheel blocks... Mm -hmm. shortly you know and you know you're in a turn or something it used to make me want to change my underwear <laughs> <laughs> you know today it doesn't even raise my so fucking heart that, rate anymore. that right there That's tells me that you've reached that point where you think you're an accomplished writer no i don't think that no but i get a lot less excited when something weird happens <laughs> you know like, right okay cool you know so maybe you're just a lot more comfortable on this bike yeah, because you were kind of sketchy on that Honda Elite I put you on today. <laughs> um, it's not the rider; it's the bike, Liza. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's fucking sketchy. I, I, I was gonna, rec I was gonna uh, think we should check the tire pressure on the front on that Honda Elite because the front was, was it the, bl the blue one or the red yeah, one? You're bringing down the resale. Right, it shook when you braked. <laughs> every oh, time, yeah. every time I just tried to turn on the camera on the helmet, it was like. Wah, 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 wah. I sneezed on the red elite yesterday, and the whole front. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the front end of my Vespa is much better. I can go like 60 miles on the Vespa one hand, man, no problem. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that on that Honda. No. <laughs> no. So, so Liza, did you check the tire pressure on those Hondas last week? Uh, yeah, we did actually check them last week. The, wow. The, the blue the one surprised. needs to check, I believe. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? So, um, a question that we ask everyone, and I asked you earlier, and this will get a, an interesting answer, I think, that the people here in the room aren't prepared for. Do you have an up-the-butt bike? No, I do not. We talked about that earlier, and... Um, like I said earlier in, in this talk today, too, I, I I like to ride anything, you know, with a throttle. You know, if it has a throttle and a motor, you know, cool. Moyne tried to give that cop-out answer, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you but guys, there's got to be a bike out no, there. No, no, seriously. Like, um, there was a reason for me not to, to choose a fancy bike like this, you know. I could have probably pushed it with, with some sponsors in Germany mm -hmm. and got me a brand new BMW GS to do this trip on, and I wasn't interested at all. You know, because one thing that's important for me, like especially if I'm on a, on a long-term travel on a bike, is that I'm able to do most of the things myself. Mm -hmm. When the thing stops, you know, it usually takes me only a few minutes to find out where the problem might be. Then I can locate it pretty quick. And I need some help with certain things that I can't do myself, but at least I don't come along like a total idiot. Right. You know? And um, I wouldn't want a, a motorcycle that needs a, a goddamn laptop and a diode. <laughs> you know like a special no, tool to, to, you know <laughs> like what the fuck you know and uh, i don't know and that's one thing why why i lost kind of interest in in riding that harley you know it was like in the mid 90s i got a harley 
And I started writing it, and I, I kept meeting cool people in the beginning. It was fun, you know. And then I just it ended up meeting fucking dentists and lawyers, you know, <laughs> on these things. And they, they, were, they were all just talking about how much money they put into their stupid bike, you know. Nothing and, worse than a dentist or a lawyer. You know, they, You're an you anti-dentite. No, that's not it. it it's just, you know... If, if the group of people you end up hanging out with are just in it for the money and that they can outclass each other on how much money they can put into their bike, you mm. know, it just gets really boring to me. That's not what I have a motorcycle for. A motorcycle for me at first is transportation, you know. Um, I like if, if you can take it to the shit a little bit too, you know. I like bumpy roads and, and, and gravel roads, you know, and, mm. and not too technical, you know, tracks you can do. So if it's just transportation... Why not a car? Because why not something that? Because that's boring in a car, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's not just transportation. No, but that that feeling if it has a throttle and that little wind going in your face, uh -huh. you can get that on a Honda Lead. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't take you, your hands off this. You, you know. can't. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I, I I rode a brand new BMW a GS twelve hundred in Australia. You know, mm -hmm. I, I fixed my my Africa twin there at at uh, the Tour Attack headquarters, and the guy was like, "Oh, I never rode an Africa twin." I'm like, well, here, give it a go. You know, after I fixed it there, and he said, "Well, then you take the Beamer." And I was like, "Well, it was nice, but it didn't really throw me that much that I would throw all my money into that." It didn't you know? light the fire in your no, mind. No, no, absolutely not. You know, I was happy with my bike later on. You know, it has half the horsepower. But I still go as fast, you know, mm -hmm. around any corner than these guys do on the on the big beamer. You know, they Very won't cool. they won't take the next corner faster than <laughs> me. <laughs> it's like they gotta have a little more to lose, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. You know. Have you had a favorite or memorable road that you were on? Um, Definitely, you might have had a, a similar experience. The Karakoram Highway was mm -hmm. landscape-wise one, one of the highlights for me. The reason for that was that's where I first got in touch with some real mountains in my life. You know, mm -hmm. I've been to the Alps, the Rocky Mountains, the Sierra Nevada in southern Spain. You know, all like real impressive mountains up to 10, 12,000 feet maybe. And, um, and it feels quite great to ride in there, but when you first do the Karakoram Highway and then a couple of the side roads along, maybe two, you're just so overwhelmed by the size of these mountains, I thought, mm -hmm. you know, that I thought, like, everything I've seen before were just foothills, eh? It was like, if you compare it to that, I mean, you're riding, you know, at 10, 12,000 feet and surrounded by things that are, you know, double the heights, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Now, here's kind of a broad question let's see how well you handle it how have you changed uh, from the ex this experience um i have changed um, i mean i kind of was like that before i was quite critical about news and, and media that that have been like telling me how the world is and th that has gotten worse or better, however you want to take it. <laughs> uh, I don't believe none of the shit they're preaching us anymore. You know, I'm totally over it. I'm disgusted by it. I got rid of my TV um, a year after the 911 incidents in this country because I, I was getting really tired and, and worried about, like, being too influenced by this, this shit being preached to me every day about how bad some people supposedly are. And um, especially after going through the Muslim world, I've never visited there before like like this. 
I, I have a totally different opinion of these people, you know, and I'm, I'm really glad that I had the, the opportunity and was so fortunate to experience that. You saw that, that shit yourself instead of on TV. Yeah, some, cool. of, some of the shit I saw was, was, you know, out of it, really negative, really bad. You know, there's, there's a few things in these countries that, that I hate from the bottom of my heart. But one thing I totally understood that these people are all right, you know, there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with these people. Um, a lot of the times it's their leaderships that are even worse than ours, mm -hmm. you know, and um, but if you look into it closer, it's mostly ours that keep them in charge, you know, that, that put them in charge in these countries. And then these people have to deal with these idiots, you know, and it's it's sad how, how much we all have influence there, you know, in the in the past 50, 70 years almost. And yeah, how, how little we have accomplished with that you know it's in, in, it's in some cases even made things worse yeah in yeah most cases i believe even you know yeah and but if you see like the the general vibe and the 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 general ethics in life of these people i i, I was seriously quite quite overwhelmed by it a couple of times i had a guy in iran following me for about 15 miles on the motorway like and flashing his lights at me I was like what the fuck does this guy want you know and I kept you know accelerating and didn't want to go too fast and he finally passed me after 15 miles after getting gas and waves my wallet at me oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like fuck you know Man. must have put it on top of everything you know closed up my tank took off and the book fell off so that begs the question did you ever think that you uh would have liked to have a, like a firearm or a knife no or no never not once in this trip you know and and that's one thing that i laugh about myself too going around like a tank you know i thought you need panniers eh? in india they're gonna cut your shit off the bike while you're at the traffic light you know <laughs> i feel like all kinds of all kinds of things would happen to me uh, you know and and you better lock it up and fucking bullshit no, you know it's, it's all like, good all good eh? all right cool that's good to hear you know the the, the poorer the places you know the the more desperate the people are in some places I and mean, the more helpful they are I, I i had people like in iran or pakistan they they close up their business you know sh shut it down to just go and take you somewhere to to show you a place that you wow. asked for you know they, they they're so willing to help and so the hospitality is so outgoing you, you can't really compare it like with, with our world anymore you know it's it, and it's it's a, a common move there a common thing that that people still practice you know and it's a pretty great experience well and and but now you're here in in the states especially california where you can finally get Mexican food. So if, you yeah. to, if you go to Salinas, <laughs> make sure you bring a firearm. Oh, stop. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're enjoying, the, enjoying the, the food here. Oh, yeah, I already gained a couple of pounds <laughs> in the last 10 days. So, if people want to follow your journey, where can they do so? They can do that on, on Facebook, uh, Facebook Notch the World. That's a Facebook site that I update quite regularly and also have a blog. It's notchtheworld.com. So Notch the World, that's from your tattoo Yeah, my, my tattoo shop's been called Top Notch Tattooing. Oh, okay. In, in the tattooing world, they call me Dr. Notch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So when I was thinking about like going on this trip, it's all like, man, can you give it a name or something? Then a friend of mine went like, it's Notch the World, man. What are you even thinking about? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. And if, are you giving out tattoos if somebody wants to contact you? 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, sent me a message. We, we get together. And, you, and again, you specialize in the indigenous tattooing, like um, tribal? I've or? been doing a lot of uh, Polynesian-related work in the, in the past couple of years. Things that, that are done in Samoa, Hawaii, the Marquesas, Tahiti, New Zealand, you know, all these styles. I know a little bit about that and... So are you using the whole stick method? or No, I, I, I tattoo with electric machines, okay. which is more painful than the old stick method. And you said that <laughs> you have your bike outfitted to power that. What yeah, did you yeah. do to modify it? Um, actually, I started with two batteries, but that broke along the way. I had these uh, modern lithium batteries. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, they're not, not good for bikes yet, I can tell you. Mm-hmm. I, I built a systems, system where I was <laughs> charging two of them, you know, that I had one to start with and one to work off because yeah. they were quite small and light. I could fit two of them in the battery compartment. And I, I had a switch where I could, you know, separate them. The, like the, the tattoo okay. machine is DC, right? Uh the, yeah, the, the, the little Rio start I have to regulate. Right, you don't have to, like, convert to AC then? No, no. Okay. Hmm. And um, so the two battery thing broke, and I went back to one. But I tried it in Australia. I can tattoo eight or nine hours, and the bike still starts. Eh? Wow, cool. that's amazing. I know. <laughs> you really, well, I suppose amazing. it wouldn't take much to vibrate that little thing, huh? Yeah. Well, we're getting towards the end. So before, before we finish off, I want to do a Craigslist porn pick of the week. So, in honor of you being the adventure tour, I found a good adventure touring bike. So, um, the way our Craigslist porn pick works is we find a bike for under $500 that we think is a good deal. Mm -hmm. And what I found is a Suzuki DR350S Enduro project bike so it is under 500 however who was it somebody was just telling us they wanted to get one of these jim was talking about it and i talked him into a drz 400s instead so uh this one is uh bill of sale only i don't have the pink slip or license plate but he says he he bought it from the lien holder i'm not sure what that means Mm. um the guy i bought it from zipped around and started getting poor throttle response so he removed the carburetor to clean it in doing so he lost the air cleaner that attaches to it and he gave up on the project we've seen that happen before I went to see the bike and check for compression, which is great. The engine top cover was removed. Find the top end was in great shape visually, possibly even rebuilt. Then I discovered that the motor is, in fact, a fresher motor with an electronic ignition. With that said, the bike needs work to run. A chain, air cleaner, carburetor, all things that I have. The tires are almost new. The frame is good. Swing arm good. And the engine is good. This is a super cheap Enduro that doesn't need much to get going. And this is where he gets into my territory. This is somebody who's dealt with Craigslist before. I don't want to answer a million questions or talk to your mechanic or ship it out of the country. It's a project that can be street legal for under $500. If that amount is too much of an investment, please don't waste my time. If you don't want a project, this is not the bike for you. Thanks. Yep. So he has the bill of sale and he bought it from a lien holder. You know what this is? Salvage. The circle of strife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if it's salvage or not, it sh- shouldn't be a problem. It's, I mean, it's a DR350. Um, the fact that he says that can be street legal is uh, raises a flag to me. 
Um, mechanically, it should be okay after you go through it if you know what you're doing. Well, uh, if it's like what you said, that it, he bought it back from an insurance company, which I guess could be the lien holder, then it would need right. to go through and it's, it's, light, it's gonna need break a light inspection. You're going to be doing some, some legwork at the, at the that DMV. That may be why yes. the plate is gone. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, for 500 bucks, maybe you can talk him down to 400 uh, he doesn't want to deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, he doesn't want a million questions. Um, All right. So, uh, I don't know. Would I buy it if I was in the market for a DR350 and uh, knowing what I, my, my resources? I probably would, just because I know it's going to take another maybe four or 500 bucks to get this thing legal and working. Um, and then at that point, it'll be worth about a thousand bucks. Yeah, but not a bad bike for somebody who wants to do some, like, hair scrambles or desert riding or something like that. You know, something street legal that you can take on some off-roads, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I thought that was a good price. And they're uh, good going find. for a lot more. Yeah, good find. Is. They go for uh, a lot more. What year was that again? Not stated. Not stated. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, based by the... Um, the gas tank, I gotta say, well, it looks like early 90s. Uh, yeah, the, that, that's what I was the, thinking. The pink, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so, I, uh, you know, you can do some adventure riding on a budget. So, um, Heiko, you're, are you leaving here tomorrow and heading, you said you're heading to up north? Yeah, I'm going north from here. Maybe tomorrow, maybe day after. I'm, I'm not quite sure. You're welcome to stay here at my house as long as you want. Oh, there's, really? uh, <laughs> there's some good riding here. Oh, yeah. Very good riding. And, and the good Mexican food. <laughs> the weather's supposed to get better too, right? Yep. Yeah, tomorrow should be sunny. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's usually really nice. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I might not, I might like to stay an extra day or two and, and check out the region a little bit. Yeah. I like the size of this city. I'm, I was really over San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't the same anymore than I remembered it. It was really hectic and busy. And, uh-huh. yep. and oh, traffic was just, you know, awful sometimes. I thought like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming down because um, when I originally contacted you, I don't think you had planned on staying this long, and so. Oh yeah, that's nice about this trip. I'm in no rush. I I really appreciate you coming <laughs> down and sharing your story. It's thank it's you, kind thank of you for having me here, and and I'm jealous because I think I mean I would I would want to do that too. Does that Zach is shaking his head? Oh, D- yeah. Douglas, I think not. Probably well, not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. No, I but like them uh, short and sweet. Yeah, but whoever wants to do a long-term trip, just do it, eh? And, um, you know, put it off. You can do it when you're older, too, you know. But um, it's it's definitely not really a money thing. And, and in today's world, you have a lot of opportunities to make money on the road, you know. And especially these young mm-hmm. people that are confident with their computers, you know, they can, they can work anywhere nowadays. You know, it's no yeah. problem, really. Nice. Well, cool. I appreciate that. And um, Douglas, do we have any announcements to make? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, there's a Vampires MC uh, Dirty Dirt Bags Getting Dirty in the Dirt camping yes. event coming up this month, April 28th to May 1st. We're going to be camping in Hollister Hills SVRA. Uh, we'll be camped in the Back by Madrone Camp. Uh, come down and ride some dirt. If you don't have a dirt bike, there will be loners. If you don't have gear, there will be loners. Uh, this is a beginner-friendly, uh, with instruction provided, uh, dirt bike event. So um, you don't have a reason to not show up. 
Owen. So, oh yeah. Uh, that plus the also the right. Vampires MC Santa Cruz twenty uh, second annual uh, rally. This is uh, Friday, June tenth. Uh, at 7 p.m., meeting at Cafe Pergolesi, downtown Santa Cruz. That's the, that's the, um, the, uh, okay, I can just say it. It's the hooligan ride. Um, <laughs> so we do a, a totally law-abiding ride through Santa Cruz. Totally. Totally law-abiding. Uh, the next day, Saturday, June 11th at 11 a.m., we're meeting for a group ride through the hills. And then uh, both nights, there are free camping and games and drinks and barbecue and whatever. So um, if you want more info on that, email us. Uh, other than that, uh, what's coming up? Who's got an event? Well, we've got uh, the Vespa Club Los Gatos is having our annual rally, Classico Moto Italia, the same weekend as Dirty Dirt Bags in the Dirt, April 29th through May 1st, up in the uh, Campbell, San Jose, Los Gatos area. Um, and I, I know that's a Italian ride, but I'm just going to... You are welcome take, to come, Liza. I'm going to take a cue from Andy, and I'm just going to put a add to my elite, and it'll be an ill elite. Wouldn't, wouldn't that make it Italian? <laughs> il elite. El elite. El elite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I just wanted to give a shout out to both Chris and Tim, who dropped by today for the first time. They were really cool. Yes. And uh, Chris got so dicked. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So did Heiko got dicked today, yeah, too. Yeah. Yes. You can't get away from it here. And Mark got dicked. I'm not sure if he knows. Yeah, it. I, put, I took it off, the, I took it off okay. the scooter. He dicked himself. Yeah. I took it off the scooter. <laughs> you and put can't it on my do helmet. that. Yeah. No, I, it was on the scooter. I took it off and put it on my helmet. So. I, I, got, I, I got dicked, too. I saw someone, I think Charlie, put a dick on my uh, speedometer, so now I have no idea how fast I'm going, but I think yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. You're going dick speed. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, it was really, like it's really speed. nice. I'm just hanging it all out. <laughs> There's oh, one somewhere on mine I haven't found yet, isn't there? Most likely. We'll see. By the way, Charlie and John Dalton are back from taking Cat to the hospital. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So um, I'll put in a link in our notes for notchtheworld.com for people to contact or find you. But for anyone else who wants to reach us, they can go to... You can find us online at MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com, on Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz. Send us an email at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at 831-291-5112. And um, before I forget, that place we stopped to eat yesterday? Oh, yeah. Absolutely amazing. What oh, was that? Where was that? That was in uh, Gonzales, California, right across from that the That was Bolero. amazing. I was like, yes. I, want a, I want a Corona, please. That, it comes back with a shrimp coming out of it and a lime. lime salt on it and hot sauce poured on it yes. it was <laughs> it was fucking shit. amazing it was like the best corona i've ever had yes Holy that that's shit. that and is then, that's gonna be the new lunch stop on the tin butt for sure i, I had mm. the milanesa which is like breaded uh really thin uh steak breaded and fried and it had a side of rice and uh refried beans and a little salad and fucking french fries like dumped on top of it <laughs> i was like this is this is everything i love right in one plate plus the beer it was it was amazing and it was cheap you know it was nice yeah. and we played yeah. taqueria roulette we just we were standing at a gas station so we're hungry we just turned around and started looking and we just walked into the first one we saw the yep. guy was super cool and like there was uh, some patrons eating their food and I was putting gear back on the scooter and they were laughing at me because I had a motorcycle patch on my back and I was, <laughs> I was getting on a 150 Elite and uh, you know I was like you know Jake I know they're laughing at me I checked my pride at the door a long time ago 
Uh, Good. <laughs> I, just, I just have to say real quick again on the Timbuk 200, one of my favorite moments. First of all, I'm just waving my ass off like fuck it. I'm just going to wave at everyone. Every single person waved back at us. I'm talking a string of Harleys. I'm talking BMWs. Every single person waved at, back at us. We go past a string of Harleys who did wave at us, and Douglas, still riding the bike, just bowed his head in shame. <laughs> Are you sure? I, like, I, I can't wave. I, I, he just couldn't I, do it. You know, I, I feel like if you initiate the wave, they're like, yeah, okay. I, I couldn't wave to scooters even though I was on one because I'm a motorcyclist and I couldn't wave to motorcycles because I was on a scooter. <laughs> <laughs> that is your own private hell, Douglas. I know. <laughs> and he, Population and he, one. <laughs> and he couldn't take his hand off the handlebar. And by the way, the name of that taqueria we went to is Taqueria El Famoso. Oh, it was great. And the guy was really cool too. And yeah. they had like fifty different things on the menu, not like twelve. You know, it was it was yeah. really, really, it was very good. really good place. It was nice. All right. So on that note, again, I want to thank everyone for listening. If you've made it the, to this point, you really deserve this. Thanks, you really do. <laughs> we really, really appreciate it. Um, we've been doing this. We're almost coming up three years now. I can't believe it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We just continue to get more people sending us voicemails and emails and enjoying... Most of them, are, I think, are enjoying what we're doing, and we think that's fun because that's our goal all along is just to kind of share our little world. Yeah, we do it for you. For you, baby, for you. Because we're givers. But then through that, we're able to meet people like Heiko who are traveling and, and, and to, you know, find out what their experiences are and share it too so it's cool anyway i think we're ready to get out of here this is liza i as always am zach uh, charlie go ahead and yell hi bye goodbye <laughs> <Hello. laughs> i'm bagel this <laughs> <laughs> is doug this is heiko and mark and Isaac. I think we're out of here. Cool, cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs>